guys, it's me, Maxi Rainbow. And I'm Renata from the eSpot. And welcome back to episode 12 of the Joint Slay podcast. Woo-hoo. We are really diving deep into the Eurovision season. I feel like, whereas a couple weeks ago, you know, we were getting one or two little things every single episode, but now it just feels like, whoa, we're getting songs, we're getting national selections, we're getting artists. It's really like it's starting to get serious with yes, Eurovision. It's really picking up fast. Yes. So in this episode, we have an artist announcement, but not just an artist announcement. We have a whole ass song for Eurovision from France. Unreal, also- right? Who would have thought France would be the first country to put out a I was like shocked when I, I heard know. that France was the first to put out a song. And it was all, yeah, we'll get into it. Yeah. But we, we have that. We have Malta's Eurovision as usual. We've been, you know, we've been keeping up, you know, keeping track of that. And then also we had some artist announcements from both Spain and Ukraine. And we also got some official news regarding the Eurovision 2024 slogan. So we have a lot to get into this episode, but... First, we need to talk about our Patreon. Yes. So the Patreon is super, super important for us as we continue making the content. Thank you so much to everybody who has supported us on Patreon. For $5 a month, you get every single episode ad-free, a day early, plus some special little uh, exclusive clips that we'll be putting on occasionally. Um and you can also give us a tip if you just, you know, you just want to throw us a dollar. You can do that, too. Um, you can even give us a tip here on YouTube, which is kind of crazy. Um, but all the support helps. We really, really appreciate everyone who supported us on Patreon. But, of course, we also love everyone who has streamed the show on YouTube, who has joined in the conversation in the comments and in the live chat when we do our premieres on Friday. And also everyone who's been listening on Apple Podcasts and Spotify Podcasts in the audio versions Also, thank you so much to you guys, too. It really means a lot. Every bit of support helps. Yes, we love you guys. And yeah, I just, I appreciate everybody who has been supporting us in this venture. And it's getting really exciting getting into the Eurovision season. And also, I just want to say, I have a job now, which is very exciting, which means we are on track to going to Eurovision. Well, you know, going to Eurovision related events. So I'm very excited. (laughs) All these things, you know, we are really gearing up into the season, which is very exciting. But speaking of exciting, there is an exciting event happening next Saturday with Renata. So why don't you give them some information about what's going on? Yes, so a really big event is happening. I am having my birthday on the 25th of November, the day before Junior Eurovision happened. So it's going to be a very busy week for me, busy weekend. Uh, We also have Thanksgiving here in the United States. We've got a holiday, my birthday, Junior Eurovision. Oh, my God. So um, the reason that I'm bringing this up is because I would like to invite all of you wonderful people to join in and vote in my birthday fan jury. 
Um, so what I decided to do, because I love running fan juries, Maxie. I don't know if you really do fan <laughs> juries very much, but I love joining them and I love running them. Mm-hmm. And if if people are listening and they're like, what the heck is a fan jury? Basically, it's when somebody or a group of people pick a bunch of songs and then they have other people vote on them in like their own kind of like mini fake Eurovision competition. So what I did for my birthday jury was I went through and I picked a song from all of the participating countries. And uh, I basically, I didn't necessarily pick my like most absolute top favorite song, but I just picked a song that I really liked because there's some countries I'm like a stand for. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it's so hard to choose. So I just picked some of my favorites. And so like it's every country has one song and then you guys vote doing your Eurovision top 10, 12, 10, eight, and then all the way to one. And what I love about this, because a few people have already sent in results, is that every time I look at people's results, because they're voting on my favorite songs, I'm always like, yes, slay, taste, like, (laughs) because they're choosing from my favorite. So it's going to be really cool to see uh, what, uh, how other people rank my favorite songs. So if you like doing fan juries, or if you maybe want to try doing a fan jury, because you've never done one before, if you like my taste in music, which you get a really good understanding of when you look at my <laughs> my fan jury result or my fan jury options um click the link down in the description and it's all done in a google sheet it's super easy and there's a spotify playlist and a youtube playlist so that you can listen to all the songs but i'm guessing if you watch this show you probably already know all the songs uh <laughs> in fact a lot of people were like oh wow that was so easy i did it in a minute i didn't even need the playlist because everyone oh. knows them so Uh, I would love to have you guys join me on my birthday jury and the results will be out on my birthday, the 25th of November and the uh, submissions close on the 22nd so that I can do the um, analysis on Thanksgiving when I'm Mm. sitting around doing nothing, eating food. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. So I've never actually ran a fan jury, but I'm excited. I love doing them. I love because, you know, I'm a ranker, so I do love just sitting down random group of songs. Let me just put together my little list. So it's one from every single country. Uh, There's there's 40 countries. So there were some where I was like, I don't really like there's not there's not a song that's really exciting for me or uh, but yeah, there's 40 countries. So it is like a full Eurovision. um, And they're all songs from when I started watching the contest in 2004. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're not going farther back in history. We're just doing like my my Eurovision mm. era songs. Yes. I always forget you don't really go back in time. I don't really go back in time. I look to the, I'm in the present moment and look into the future. Yes. Well, I'm excited. I'm excited to see the results. Maybe we'll cover it over here. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So the first big Big, 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 big piece of news that came out, of course, came out Wednesday after we filmed on Tuesday. Always like that. (laughs) Literally, I was like, oh, oh, great. Like the biggest news of the season so far was that France announced their artist, but not only their artist, the entire song that they are sending to Eurovision for Eurovision 2024. So they announced that Slimane is representing France with his song, Mon Amour. And it was just kind of shocking, first and foremost. It was shocking because 
just immediately they were like, all right, Slimane is representing France. And then BTW later on today, you're getting the song on like the news. <laughs> just like that. Yes. So the song translates to my love and uh, Slimane, just a little background on him. He is 34 years old of Algerian descent. He was on actually uh, the X Factor in 2011. I don't see people mentioning that a lot because he then went on in 2015 to win The Voice France. Um, and then, you know, he is a very successful French artist. I was so excited when they announced him because I actually went to his profile. Like, I, I will say, I didn't really remember his name, but when I went to his Spotify, I was like, oh shit, I saved like a million songs from him from, I don't I don't know the name of the album, but there, he has one album that I like listened to entirely. I saved like almost all those songs to my, to my, um, my former work playlist that I played that was all non-English songs. So I was like, oh shit, I really like, I'm a fan of all these songs. I know these songs. I was excited. I was like, whoa, like a name that I'm actually familiar with uh, from France. So I was excited before I heard the song or anything. Did, did, were you familiar with him at all? No, I'd never heard of him before. Yeah. But I mean, he seems to be a huge name in France. I mean, just like all his albums have been certified at least platinum. Some of them diamonds so like whoa damn like all four albums wow um and so the song so then the song came out and i it was it's good it's, it's well good. done it's it's well done i it's just it's kind of what i expect from france and i think that that may be why it's not resonating with me a little bit um because it's just it's like a nice ballad you know yeah it's very french it yeah. it's very it's very french and um and i'm not really into ballads mm -hmm. and i don't really love male vocalists that much uh just personally i mean nothing against him or against the song um so i'm not like super excited like the first release song isn't one that's gonna like go right into my playlist no. Like I didn't bother to make one of those my top songs because like this is definitely she ain't not even be. in the top. <laughs> and it, no, there's no competition yet, and it's not it's not doing anything for me. But um, you know, I'm just I'm happy that France like took they they didn't take a risk with the song, but they took a risk with the release. Yeah, yeah. Do you think that it it will help or hinder them at all in their early release well you know it, it's like hard to say because i think it will be good for him as an artist mm. because it gets a song out that hasn't been released before and like i've seen people like people who are french canadians talking about how they know him so mm -hmm. like he, he he has reach you know in all french-speaking countries i yeah. think probably mm -hmm. um so I think that it will help him as an artist, generally speaking, but I don't know how much, I don't know how good it is to release a song this early and with so little hype. Like I would have thought they would have maybe told us who they chose and then waited a little bit to release the song yeah. so that mm. people are speculating a little bit more instead of just kind of springing it on us like they did. Yeah, I do I agree. 
it feels like it almost loses its hype a little bit when it's just that immediate, like, here you go. It's kind of exciting when you're like deep into the Eurovision season and then you're like, bam, one thing today, bam, one thing, because you're really thinking about it. But because it's so early, it just kind of was like, whoa, whoa, okay, all righty. And then when it's kind of, you kind of get let down a little bit, um, then it's just not a, it's not the best feeling. I feel like it's almost as an artist like i i love whenever they announce the artist and they come out with some music before their eurovision song like noah kirell did that i think um celia capsis for cyprus i think she like just released a song as well which isn't her eurovision song but i always think that's kind of fun because it it drives attention to your new music as well um before you even release your eurovision song i feel like that's kind of like a a smart way to do that if you're going to be announced super duper early um yeah I would have waited a little bit. I mean, I feel like maybe until the new year, at least. Um, but I also don't think it necessarily affects results in the end. I mean, I believe was last year's first song, it was Ukraine. Because remember their national selection, unless there was an internal, right. they're not, they I were the first it was national in December. selection. Yeah. So they might have been the first song. They were at least very, very early. And I mean, they did great. So, you know, I don't think it, the thing is the conversation is always a lot of times it's really just us Euro fans talking about it right now. And so, yeah, we're going to get bored of it, which isn't, that's also not a good thing. I mean, you don't want the people who are going to be talking about the contest and reporting on it and also just like driving up hype until the lead up. You don't want them to get bored of it already, but, but realistically, most people watching Eurovision it is their first time or they're not mm -hmm. hearing it until like the week before Eurovision. So I, it really doesn't end up affecting the results, but I'm not sure where this is going to go because whereas I don't really resonate with male ballads, I actually feel like generally the audience does more yeah. so um, because I could, I do see kind of the comparisons in a way to like do a Vitae to Marco yes, Mangoni. And like, so it could go either way. Like this could get lost but he's an attractive male singer with like a strong, powerful voice. And like that could really resonate with some people. And maybe he could get top 10. Like it's not a yeah. bad song to where if it got top 10, like I would be like, oh, wow, like that was, you know, he did a great job. I'm sure he's going to sing it flawlessly, you know? So it's well, like, that's, you know. that's very true. Like he he's not like a question. It's not a Pia Maria situation where nobody knows what she sounds like live. People yeah. know that he can sing live. Yeah. We know that he's going to be able to pull it off. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, that that's saying something because there's a lot of people that can't say that. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I mean, overall, though, I am excited. I'm excited for him to go because he seems excited about Eurovision, like just watching his interviews or whatever. He's excited to represent France and 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 he's a big name. And I think that France getting to have like big names like that in the French music industry to compete in Eurovision is always a good thing. Um, and it's great to see that there is still like interest from artists in that mm -hmm. sense. So, I mean, I love France's national selection as well. I would love for them to bring it back, but I don't know how well they've been. Well, I will say, I mean, Barbara Pravik came from the selection. It's wishy-washy. Yeah. But, you know, I just love their selection. So I would love that to come back. But yeah, so I mean, I'm excited still for France. I'm excited for us to have the first song and we're actually probably going to get some more in the next month or so. <laughs> I'm pretty so. sure. So 
so that's kind of crazy to think of. Um, but it seems like everybody in general is shifting a little earlier. Because back, like, a few years ago, it was only Albania until the new year. And yes. now, like, we're potentially getting a couple of songs before the new year. So that's kind of, it's it's kind of crazy, but I like that. I like us, if we could spread it out a little bit more, that'd be great. Yeah, oh, I'm not complaining, <laughs> definitely. And, and I wonder if maybe part of that strategy is that um, they've realized in the past few years, especially that, like, the... Um, pre-party season it's it's really intense it gets really intense really fast so mm -hmm. they want to be able to give the artist time to actually prepare and not just be thrown into the fire so like anyone who's chosen before the new year like they they have a chance to maybe do a little bit of press ahead of time yeah. and mm -hmm. and kind of get their sea legs with it so that mm -hmm. when things really pick up they're already you know they're already chugging along at that point they already know you know what they want to talk about with the press and uh i i think it might it might actually be a good strategy because like you said, you know, it's with, with Euro fans, we talk about it for months, but most people that watch and vote aren't Euro fans and they're really mm. hearing the song for the first time. So it's going to be fresh for everyone who watches, yeah. even if the song came out in November, December. Yeah, exactly. I mean, while well, leading on to another country that is doing things very, very early, we've got the first national selection of the season like the first like you know in progress one with malta so the third semi-final happened last friday and i gotta say this was a really good semi for us bop lovers okay there was like one or two ballads. there was like two ballads in this whole lineup they were like all bops it was kind of you know and some of them were we got cringe bops we got girl bops we got boy bops we got gay bops we got every i mean i don't know if they're gay allegedly um you know we got all the kinds of bops and and i thought it was really really good uh some of my favorites were i really liked bloodstream i felt like that was a really good just solid pop song i thought her outfit was horrible it was <laughs> really bad um but you know what? I saw the vision that she was going for. So like, we could just, mm -hmm. you know, work on that a little bit. Um, it was actually, I actually found it hard to pick favorites. Um, I think, oh, I don't know. I think my favorite, oh, I I know my was, favorite. Yeah, what, what, what was oh, it? Oh, definitely Feather Flight. Really? I, re mm. I really like this one. It reminded me of Mel C from the Spice Girls, her oh. solo stuff. Uh, it okay. felt very, like I could I could imagine Mel C singing that song. Really? So yeah, so it really did, it really did something for me. I was into that one. I I did really love that one. I mean, she was giving, you know, the Maltese Yizma um, and she had a great voice. And I, I really liked, I did feel like at a certain point, I mean, it was like a, you know, I want to see the full full on performance because I feel like she's giving me the vibes that she would really do something a little bit of like her little dance. I started to just feel like, okay, but I did really enjoy that. It was one of my favorites. I really, really liked the song from M Miguel, Miguel Bonello, Better Off Alone. Mm. First of all, I thought he was really, really cute his little crop top <laughs> and he, he had like a mullet going on like he was like 
really cute to me. But I also thought it was really different to everything else that we were getting because we've kind of gotten either ballads or like proper dance bops. But this was like something kind of more in the middle, like a pop ballad. And and I just thought it was really different to everything else. I will say all his high notes sounded horrible. So, you know, work on that. Um, but I really like this one personally. I don't know if you had any thoughts of that. I, I thought that one had potential. Like it definitely mm. wasn't a bad song. Like you said, the vocals were a bit shaky, but you can always improve on that. Um, I mean, this semifinal, I think was the strongest so far. Yeah. Yeah. Like there were a few songs where I was like, okay, like I, I could see, I could see this one going pretty far. Um, so I would say, generally speaking, I was impressed with this one. And I think yeah. we have one more semifinal left. Is that right? Yeah. So the next semifinal is going to feature Greta Tood, Matt Black, and others. But those are the ones I'm excited about. They really stacked that one with them, too. I'm excited. <laughs> I feel like we're going to get two more bops. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I'm really pleased because I thought, like, you know, Malta's selection was going to be so-so. But I think yeah. they actually some good songs and we might have a pretty good final they definitely did i'm really i'm kind of actually now that we're like three semifinals in, we still have one more i'm kind of like oh shit like how are they like i'm kind of scared about who's gonna go through i really thought there were gonna be some certain standouts and then everybody else was gonna be horrible but it's actually kind of i'm starting to like be nervous for my faves because i'm like oh like not i actually have a lot of faves and I'm, i know they're not all gonna get to go through oh one of you my other be a bit of a toss-up. Yeah. One of my other favorites was uh, Stefan Galea with his song Numb. It was I good. Was actually, really great. It gave me Aiden vibes. I don't know what that instrumental instrument was like right in the beginning and then it also kind of went throughout the song, but it almost sounded like a didgeridoo. And there was almost this like Middle Eastern sound through the instrumental. It really gave me Aiden vibes. And he had the attitude, he had the performance whenever he was like whispering and he just was like selling it to me. I was kind of obsessed. It was really good to me. Yeah, I thought that one was good. That one was one where I was like, okay, I think this one should go through. Yeah. Yeah. I and I'm excited to see what he would do like on like that's one of the ones where I feel like it could be really amplified for like a bigger stage too. So oh and then I feel like the one I saw everybody talking about was this one from Karen Duff Breaking Bad. Mm -hmm. So everybody was talking about this on Twitter, I felt like, and it actually is like one of the most view most viewed of the semi, uh, of like this specific semi and all the comments were like, oh my God, this gotta go through. People were, you know, saying, oh, this is way better than uh, Mara Lies. Okay, so <laughs> first of all, the girl looked like Noosh. If y'all watch Noosh, love Noosh. But she was giving me Noosh vibes. I was like, okay, Noosh. Maltese Noosh, add, add, add that new ethnicity to your title. <laughs> <laughs> Maltese uh, lookalike reacts to. Exactly, exactly. No, I mean, it was like, I don't know. I just, it wasn't giving to me. It felt kind of just dull. And not- It was a and, mess to me. It was a mess. The eagle sound, that triggered me. That triggered me. That took me back. So there Dark was the time. eagle sound. There was the flute line. There was some uh, like 
siren sound. It was just, yeah. it was too much. Those three didn't make sense. It was just, it was really messy. It felt really dated to me. There was like yeah. a key change every 30 seconds. And it was just, it it felt a lot like how I felt when I listened to Unicorn for the first time, mm. where it was just like, what are all these pieces here? Like there's a lot mm. of ideas here, but some of them aren't really good ideas. And like, I think it could have used a lot of editing. Yeah, another thing. Uh, another idea that needed edited completely out was her hair. It looked horrible. I who how okay how you get somebody who don't know how to braid? What was that braid? And then what was going on with it? It looked like it was falling apart. Well, right think, at the start, I think what it was was that the pieces that we saw coming out was her like natural hair, which was about oh. how long my hair is. So I think when they did the braid, like they didn't like hide her natural hair inside of yeah. sections of braid. So yeah. it just started fraying out. Cause it was only right. It was only right there. And then the rest yeah. of the braid was all right. It, it was weird. rough. It was rough for me. That, that really took me out of the, the entire thing. <laughs> oh, were there any other ones that really stood out to you from this? I kind of really liked um, Let's Talk About Love from Michaela Galea. It gave me a throwback vibe to me. Like it was giving me 90s. It was giving me, it was giving clean version of uh, the salt and pepper. Let's talk about sex, baby. <laughs> yeah, you know, okay. So I thought this song was really good. However, mm -hmm. it was it was so much of like an homage to the 90s that it felt yeah. like a copy of a 90s mm -hmm. song and just it just it, it just did not feel fresh to me at all it was like hearing a b-side to a tony braxton album that that she never really released or never became a hit and yeah it's like oh okay like you know it's like a it's like a throwaway song from a, a 90s r&b singer so it just didn't feel super original and just maybe a little bit too 90s like there it didn't have like the like a, a contemporary element to it. Uh, but I thought she was a great yeah. singer and the song itself was okay. It just didn't feel special. Yeah. Another song that was kind of, you know, a fun, goofy vibe. I felt like that first song from Jessica, and I don't know how to say this, this name of this song. Tag. Oh, oh no, I won't even no try. Clue. From Jessica. I don't even know how to say her last name. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but it was giving me Miami vibes. I don't know if anybody watches Real Housewives of Miami, but it was giving the songs that they use on that. <laughs> it was, it was just, but it was kind of a fun little hey, hey. When she was when she hit the dance moves and she was going like that, I was like, okay. Yeah, it was all right, but this one was just really, really unoriginal, and she yeah. was not uh, strong vocally. No, these were the that that's these are the types of songs I kind of expected from Malta, but I kind of love that like oh these aren't this is the song that back in the day would be the one that I have to stand because all the other ones are just so bad. Because <laughs> now this is the bad one because there's actually a lot of really great ones. Right, that's uh, a good point. <laughs> yeah, so uh, the the other song, uh, "Free Fall," to me sounded like it was written by AI to like create a Eurovision song. I don't even know if it would create a Eurovision song. I feel like whenever I've I've seen AI create Eurovision songs, they're better than this. The Ocean of Devotion <laughs> lyric is horrible. Please, guys, if 
if you're a songwriter, you don't get to call yourself a songwriter if you put that lyric in a song. <laughs> Ocean of Devotion, shut up. <laughs> Although, I mean, Laureen's tattoo does rhyme rain and pain. So, I, I mean, sometimes even good songs can have some weird lyrics. But but yeah, it, it I thought this song was like, totally forgettable like yeah. I and I actually this time last time I only had a chance to like catch like 30 second snippets it was like the channel surfing version of you know listening to songs um yeah but I actually listened to all of the songs all the way through this time uh but but by the time it was over like I can't even tell you what it sounded like so like the other ones I remember but this one mm. just like in one ear and out the other basically yeah but overall a really really good semi i felt like and i am i'm anticipating seeing these results i'm scared truly i'm scared for my girl like i'm scared for everyone you know so i'm but i'm excited i'm scared but i'm excited <laughs> oh my god is malta gonna be the new Esti lao where all the great songs get left in the semi-finals that would be a disaster i mean i I mean, I don't know if we could say they're the new Esti Lau if Esti Lau hasn't been able to change their ways yet. I think Esti yeah, Lau is still yeah, the Esti Lau. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, on with the next national selection news, we got the Vidbeer lineup. So from one, speaking of Esti Lau, a favorite, Vidbeer is one of my favorite national selections, and I'm sure it is one of yours as well. Yes. Um. So we received what is this 20 20 artists so there were 20 artists announced and i'm hyped up because i feel like last year i was kind of whatever you know i was excited about jerry but everybody else didn't really care about this lineup there were so many names i recognized so many past names i'm kind of upset at the fact that not all of these are even going to be official VidBeer entries because so we received a short or a what is it is it short list or long short list? list I think it's a short list so we received 20 artists and then it's going to be cut down to 10 and then there will also be one that's voted in uh by the public vote uh after audition so they're going to like do auditions and then get you know go to VidBeer and there's a this is a great lineup, y'all. I went and listened to everybody's music if they had it. Not every single song of every single person, but I, I, I went through a couple songs of everybody. The big name, which had me scratch, was Aliona, Aliona, and Jerry Hill. Oh my God. I never thought I would see the day where Aliona would compete in Vidbeer ever. So I'm a huge fan of her. And I feel like she is queen of collaborations. If you're a fan of any Ukrainian artists, she's probably done a song with them. And I, I went through and I collected kind of some of the people that she's collaborated with. I thought this was very interesting. She's collaborated with a lot of other people, but these are names that we might be familiar with. So she has collaborated with Kalush five times. They have five songs together. Crazy. We got Krut, um, Monatik, who, if if you don't know who that is, he he had he performed in their 2017 when they hosted 2017. I'm a huge fan of him. I love his music. She worked with him twice. Alina Pash, Onuka is another person that was an uh, artist that was an interval act. Uh, Julia, is it Julia or Yulia Sanina? Julia, Julia Sanina, and Jamala two times. But the person she's collaborating with her song. For Ukraine 
is Jerry Hill. Girl, they have done nine songs together. Wild. <laughs> that is crazy. I literally kept finding songs. Like, oh my God, another one. Oh my God, another one. <laughs> my favorite ones from them together is Cupola and also Da Boy, which they did with the icon, the legend, Monica Lou. So good. I mean, all their songs are amazing. I feel like this is a recipe for perfection. I think this is the time Jerry is going to go to Eurovision. This is going to be amazing. Aliona is one of the, like, I don't know. She's she's like the biggest rapper in fucking Ukraine. And it, that mix of rap and pop is just going to deliver something so unique, so cool. Oh, I'm so excited. I, I think this is really promising. I mean, even just looking at the list of collaborations, like, Monica Lou Eurovision competitor, Kalush Eurovision winner, uh, Yulia Sanina Eurovision host, yeah. Torchy Eurovision competitors, Jamala Eurovision winner. So yes. it's like, I think they are cooking something up for us that's just going to be really, really good. Yeah, I'm I'm literally like I freaked out. I I truly cuz she had previously mentioned in an interview that she didn't feel like her music and specifically like rap does well in Eurovision, which honestly is a true assessment true. generally. But I'm wondering like if I mean Kalush won and and they showed that that curse could be broken. And so I imagine that and then also probably i mean her collaborating with so many people that have involvement with eurovision i'm just so excited i truly never thought i'd see the day and for her to be doing it with jerry i just think is going to be so so amazing i did find through my research some interesting things about jerry as well first of all her label is def jam polska that's funny <laughs> so i wrote that down just for you and then also a little fun fact so she's very similar to me. She got her name because it was her username on VK, the like <laughs> Russian social media. Uh, and her na original name was Jerry Mouse, referencing uh, the cartoon. I don't know what cartoon that is, but I guess there's a cartoon with that name. Um, and then she changed. But this is what was weird to me. She changed Mouse to Heel, citing the desire to use whatever American surname she saw on the internet first. I have never heard that last name in my life. <laughs> like a German last name. Like, I have never heard that. I don't even know how to say it because I've never heard it. So I just thought that was funny. Um, but I got my drag name from, it was my Minecraft username. So, you know. Oh my God. That's similar. So <laughs> similar. But I'm excited about them. But there was also, there's a lot of really big names in here. We got Carpet Man. Now, I know a lot of people were... Uh, you know, confused because apparently there's another carpet man, whoever that is. We don't okay, know her. So, uh, so apparently, from what I saw on Twitter, and I forget who said it, but that there's maybe like four different guys mm -hmm. who are carpet man. Like, like the like the person who competed as carpet man in Eurovision, that dancer is not the same as the carpet man that it was touring like for the global tour so that they're, they're, they're like a dance mm -hmm. troupe so like when they can mm -hmm. do it or where they can do it they do it and then he is someone else um he's or he's one of one of them um so it's like he he's one of the carpet men but i guess this is the but there's only maybe one carpet man so like he's the carpet man and the other people are the dancers that wear mm. the outfit i think is what i was understanding about it i see well i do know that uh kalush themselves posted on instagram 
and confirm that this is the one that was at Eurovision. So, okay. Is, yeah. So the, I mean, I, I'm assuming, I mean, maybe that translated weird, but that's what, that's what I gathered from the post. And I was kind of shocked because Carpet Man is kind of, I never heard his music. He doesn't have a lot of music, but he has two songs out and I was expected something hype because he's so hype, but it's yeah. actually very like kind of slow and it has like a twang to it, like a little country vibe to it. It's kind of unexpected. It's very American. And actually yeah. what it made me think of was um, Lil Nas X Old Town Road. That oh. was what came to mind first with that kind of like twanginess. Mm. But but it didn't sound country, but it yeah. had that twang. Yeah. I'm interested to see what he brings because uh, I just didn't expect that from him <laughs> mm -hmm. um and then also we have ingrid ingrid was a name that you might be familiar with because she competed in vidbeer in 2018 with her song save my planet which is one of my faves that i still listen to so deep by that water lives in the ocean with golden fishes they have same emotion <laughs> i love that song so much and I'm excited to see her name in this lineup. I don't know if you remember that entry, but oh, I loved it. <laughs> oh, and then another, we have a Eurovision name, Melovin. So mm -hmm. I'm 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 also very, very excited to see his name in this lineup because I was a huge fan. Actually did an inspired look by his Eurovision entry under the ladder last year, which was really slay. It flopped on my social media. So go like it on Instagram. <laughs> but um I don't remember where I saw him. Was he in the Euro Club? I don't know. I think, I think it was. I think he performed at the Euro Club because I remember seeing him live somewhere. Um, but regardless, I'm excited to see him in this lineup because uh, I don't know. I just loved his entry. I loved his uh entry in Vidbeer before that. He didn't go to Eurovision with Wonder. Um, he also since Eurovision came out as bisexual, which means I have a chance. So. <laughs> So, you know, my goals, my dreams of uh, marrying a Eurovision artist could come to fruition. Who knows? Um, and he also won the Masked Singer uh, Ukraine, which is exciting. So he's been working. He's been doing things. Um, he also uh, did just get diagnosed with diabetes. So our hearts go out to him. There was a little confusion with that. Apparently it was translated a little weird. Um, uh, right. I think like the, the translation said that he had a terminal disease when really it should have said an incurable disease because diabetes mm -hmm. is incurable as of now. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, at least it's treatable, though. I, when I saw yeah. that he was sick, I, I, I felt terrible. Um, yeah. So hopefully that, you know, they're they're getting it under control. I'm sure if anyone diabetic is listening to the channel, they know that there are things that you can do to live a totally normal healthy life even with the disease so i hope that he'll be on on that right track and that it's not gonna impact his ability mm -hmm. to perform and not just to compete but to continue his career exactly if nick jonas can do it you can too is he diabetic yes oh my god it was like a whole thing he always did commercials on disney Channel. oh wow <laughs> so it's like a th you know it's like a, a thing um and then also we have Nahaba, which is a name that I was not familiar with, but they're one of the names that when I went through everybody's music, they really stood out because they have this one freaking song, Huli Huli, which is like, they all of their songs though are like ethnic tech, techno EDM, 
bangers, like all of them. And there's, they take you on a journey. They are like really slow and then, blah, 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 oh, and then, and then it just like, it takes you on a journey. I'm so excited to see what they bring. They're one of those names that I wasn't familiar with, but like now I'm like, Hey, they could pull Chanel. I mean, I guess Chanel, I was just, I just meant that in like, I didn't know them. And then, but I guess Chanel had yeah. no music. They have music, but <laughs> I don't know. I'm excited. I'm excited about them. And then uh, we also have this artist, Swoya, which doesn't look familiar at first, but they actually competed as a soul in VidBeer 2020 with their song, mm. Save It. We're gonna save it. Have no time. Then when is that? No, but the great song. Again, one of my favorites of that year. I remember literally in quarantine, like just listening to that nonstop. It was one of my faves. So I'm really excited to see like what they're bringing now. Um, but even some of the names that I didn't mention, but like this whole lineup, there is so much diversity in, in all of these artists. There ranges from girl bops. We've got some ballad people, male and female. We have people with unique voices. We have some rock. We also have some artists that have no music. So like, I, I it's a great, great lineup. I'm so excited to see, like we have some of the most famous people in the Ukrainian music industry down to nobodies. And like, that's, the perfect national selection to me. Yeah, that's true. There actually was a name on here that I recognized, Yaktak, mm. um, because Yaktak did the tour with um, Nosy Bozy. Fuck, why am I forgetting what his name is? The guy who sang Nosy Bozy. I don't know um, what that song is. Yeah, you do. Nosy Bozy? Uh, like Nosy Bozy. I'm trying to remember how it goes. Oh. Um, it was it it was uh he was up against Kluge. In the selection? In in the selection in 2022. Um damn, why am I forgetting his name? I've literally got like so so he was on Bozy. tour uh in the United States and Yaktak was one of the people with him. And so oh. I had actually um I had bought a ticket for the show in Washington, DC, but then something happened with their visas, I think, and the show got canceled. Oh yeah. What? So like they went to Canada and they toured Canada instead. So I never actually got a chance to see him, but I did have a ticket to the show. Um, did you find the guy's name? Um the song was no oh well boy. Oh well boy. Well boy. Duh, well okay, boy. Yeah. Yes. I was thinking yeah. his name was nosy bozy. I was like, girl, who is yeah. that? <laughs> so uh, Yaktak was on tour with Wellboy. Wow. Oh, cool. That, I mean, that's kind of epic that he came to America. I feel like a lot of the Ukrainian artists are coming to America. Kalush was performing. They were doing a tour. and I saw closest... them in D.C. Yeah. They're, they're coming back or they just, no, no, no. They just did it or something like that. Because I was looking, because I was like, oh, you know, they were, they had a Cleveland show and my boyfriend is he lives in Cleveland. So I was like, oh, it'd be kind of cool. And my boyfriend would love their music. Um, but the tickets are really expensive. And it was in it was taking place in a, uh, a church. <laughs> but I thought that That's would be funny. so cool to go and see. But it was in like the church, like dining hall. But because it was like a Ukrainian church and all the money is going to Ukraine. So the uh, prices were justified. Sense. I just didn't have a job. <laughs> So I yeah, could not I, go. <laughs> I think when I purchased the ticket for the show that got canceled, it was eighty dollars, which mm -hmm. is a lot. Um, but it was a sense. fundraiser. It was a fundraiser ticket, so that's yeah. why. So and probably, probably it would have been forty dollars otherwise. But the extra forty mm -hmm. is for the fundraising. Yeah, and I figure you know when artists are coming from all the way over in Europe and they're not like you know going to be selling out huge stadiums, you got to make your money. Yeah. So. 
but oh my gosh so overall excited about vidbeer i was a little disappointed with vidbeer last year so i'm excited to see this lineup and just like i don't know it's always exciting when there's a lot of familiar names in something and you have something to really look forward to yeah. so yes and and uh by the way never mind i thought i had the date for when that would be <laughs> happening but i don't so <laughs> <laughs> so never mind on that one um all right, and then another national selection, another one of my favorite national selections announced their artists as well, and that is Spain with a Benidorm Fest. Did you watch their announcement program? Program? <laughs> uh, no, I totally missed it. So let me tell you about this thing because it was, it was comedic at this point because it was in every two artists they announced they would have an artist from last year come in and perform. And so they would be like, all right, Almacor. All right, and Angie. And now we've got Fusanocta. No, she didn't perform, but like, you know, they would Mick call Mick a Aura random person. Performed. Yes, yeah. And, and I was just like, oh my gosh. I mean, I was, luckily I like all of y'all's songs, but I was like, I just want to hear everybody. It literally took like two hours. That is such a bizarre way to to do. Like they didn't give clips of the songs, did they? They just did like no. the artist just came out and waved. Yeah, there were no clips, no teasers, nothing. They just popped out. They said a few words, but of course I don't speak Spanish, so I didn't understand anything. Really, the only thing I was gathering was uh, they would say for every every couple of person would be like nerviosa, and I was like, oh. Um, <laughs> I don't know if it was nerviosa but whatever something that sounded like nervous I knew they were talking about being nervous and um and I kind of gathered based on crowd reaction because there was like a huge crowd there so people cheering and like some people got like almost no cheers which I was like, oh I feel bad because then some one person would come out and like Maria Palea came out and everybody what <laughs> which I mean I I had the same reaction but but anyway so uh, first of all, I want to say thank you to WeWeBlogs because I actually did a great article where they did bios on every single artist, which was very, very helpful. So I read that. I learned about everybody um, because there actually weren't too, too many names in this lineup that I was familiar with. The only one I knew was Maria Pelea because she is literally one of my favorite artists ever, her first, I don't know if it was her first album, actually. Maybe I'm a fake fan. I think it was her first album because she just came out with one, like literally in October, I think she came out with one, which kind of blows my mind that she's here in Benidorm Fest because she just came out with an album. Amazing flamenco style with like contemporary and like reggaeton beats. And she's like, hey, hey, hey. she makes me want to, you know. That's so, promising. Yes, LG, like LGBT icon i i learned this um actually from from wee wee blogs's bio maria is known for her lyrics which have always depicted love and affection between two women slay queen some of my favorite songs from her are la confession y quien no and letra menua which is one of her new songs her music is amazing like it they're they're not all bops but they're all they just always, all of her songs have that special Spanish flavor, which I love. And she's one of those women that could do a ballad and I will stand. I will listen to your ballads, Maria. Like every song she, she does. Is... 
was she the one who had that really cool image like holding the heart on the, no, the tray that, who was that? No, that that was not her that was nebulosa so okay. they're a, a more uh newer group they don't have that much music uh their music is described as electronic pop heavily inspired by 80s music with quite explicit lyrics i know one of her songs it says like porno in the title and it's all about porn Ooh. and and uh, um her the album art has she's surrounded by like colorful dildos oh my god so you're gonna recreate that one then if she wins oh my gosh i mean honestly she's serving visuals um her music is kind of that like basic synth 80s sound um so but her visuals were serving um yeah. and and serving we would her raw heart Yes, exactly. That one. I kind of loved that everybody was like standing her based on that one photo because I was like, her music's really not giving. <laughs> no offense. I mean, it's cute. I actually yeah, bet she yeah. probably has potential to bring something really amazing because she doesn't have that many songs. So, who, like, you know, she only has a couple mm -hmm. out. So, um, but th her music is compared um, to Vari Brava. So I, said I that love <laughs> them. They were I was my like, you winner. might love her. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So she, that, that makes me feel like this might be a promising one for me. Yeah, she definitely is. She's one of those like lesser known names that I feel like really could bring something really, really cool. Uh, there was also a group, Marlena, which is one of my favorites of of the artists that I I, did, I wasn't familiar with her, but um, when I was going through, I don't know. They just, they had a really cool, fresh, unique sound. They're a female duo. And a fun little fact is that they got their name from Monaskin's song, Tornacasa. Interesting. I thought that was, you know, kind of cool. I love to see that they're probably Eurovision fans. Um, and then another name, one of my favorites. I only was familiar with him because he was in the rumored lineup. So then I went and listened to his music. So technically I was a fan before they announced it, but I, you know, I learned about him because of it. But Almacor, oh my God, rap, reggaeton, pop, electronic, he is giving Spanish Blanco. And what I'm so excited about um, is I, I've always said I, I'm a huge fan of Blanco, but I wasn't a fan of his Eurovision song because I didn't feel like it was really his style of music. Like he's got mm -hmm. kind of like a punk almost influence to him and and he's like hard and edgy and it wasn't giving that with, with Brividi. So I'm excited to see what he brings. I feel like, again, he's a smaller artist. He's not as well known. He also... He's gorgeous. His chest, I just want to lay my head on it. I'm sorry, but it has to be said. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then also uh, the artist Sophia Cole is one that I've seen a lot of people really excited about. Uh, she is friends with Racky Ripper, which got mm. me very excited because also her visuals are really cool. It got me really excited to go listen to her music. It's not like Racky Ripper at all. Um, it's more kind of R&B with reggaeton basses is how it's described. Uh, which, so you might really like her. I might like this. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, I think that Better Dormfest has been so strong in the way that they've chosen their artists because they show mm -hmm. so many different aspects of their music scene. And, and I, you know, I didn't know that I would like the Spanish music scene as much as I do, because like last year's Benidorm uh, and the year before had 
so many good songs in it and so many different songs, all these different elements. And it seems like they're kind of like based on this, they're on the same track. Like they're, they're Mm -hmm. keeping consistent. They're not going to do a lot of changes. And of course the visual identity is so strong for this contest. Yeah, it is. Honestly, I don't know. They're really fixing to be the standout national selection for sure. They're in a fight with Finland. Yes, I know. The only thing that I'll say about Benidorm Fest is I appreciate that we get so many songs because they're like all so good. Um, mm-hmm. And and I think I, I will say like some national selections really struggle with that when they have like, you know, so many songs and only a couple of them are good. And Benidorm mm-hmm. Fest has done really well of pretty much all of the songs being amazing. So and I think I think that comes with the fact that they they choose such a variety of songs so like they choose an amazing rock song i don't actually i don't really remember many rock songs megara last year was oh i guess so yeah i guess so yeah so hey slay because i don't even really like rock like that and they were amazing (laughs) there's a funny photo of me actually um leaving the hotel in madrid (laughs) and i'm walking to the press for uh whatever for the stuff in madrid and megara is walking right next to me my sister took it from the my our room <laughs> it's looking down and you see little old me walking in my like huge shoes and i was in my um my breastplate my uh you know oh yeah, sick the, pl- the paloma thing yes and then you see magata out of their looks like they were like all undone going to the hotel to get ready <laughs> and they're walking next to me and all i could think of was the fact that i had to push that was when i had to push um blanca from poland out of the way because she was standing in the doorway because there were all these fans crowding the door and to take photos with her and she was standing in the doorway and I had to get out so I pushed her because I was like excuse me but there were so many people and people just kept walking up to take photos and then they were blocking and I was like I gotta get through oh my god god, that's such a bad place to be doing that I know and then I was like Like, go into the lobby or go outside like make a choice in or out it's like a cat trying to decide if it wants to be in or out exactly so I was like oh good luck to Magata getting in because I couldn't even get out um (laughs) Yeah, but this is just a great lineup. There's, again, just like Midfield, there's some huge names, some of the biggest names in in Spanish music. And then there's also some people that have no music. And I just feel like what I love about Benidorm Fest 2 is they've, they've made it clear that first year with Chanel, oh my God, and even Blanca Paloma, because neither of them were names at all. I mean, Blanca Paloma, her first song, her only two songs basically were from Benidorm Fest until she got selected. I think she maybe had a single between, but like she, they both had no music before they competed in Benidorm Fest and they mm-hmm. both went on to win. And I'd love a national selection that not only gives those like small artists like a platform, but also they have just as much of a chance to win. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and that's Benidorm Fest, but that's also the Spanish public because they're not, I kind of love that they've proven that they're not just going to vote for an artist just because they're a big name. Like, you're not just going to win if you're the biggest, you know. So I'm excited. I'm excited about Benidorm Fest. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I can't wait for this one. This is one I, I watch the semifinal. I'll watch the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So the last of national selection news is we got a little update from about ESCZ. So that's Czech Republic's national selection. First of all, I'm very excited to see that it's still going on. I'm very excited yes. that Czech Republic is going to Eurovision and I'm excited they're still keeping with this national selection and it seems to be like they every single year are kind of amplifying it 
a little bit more. So the big news of this new one is that there's going to be a live audience. That was the big news, which is exciting. Um, so there's literally no info on uh, whether the songs will be heard for the first time, but the show will be happening December 4th. So I don't know if it might be like where last year, how they had the live performance and then the voting started, you know? It mm -hmm. might be that we hear the songs for the first time on December 4th and have to vote, which I think Oof. is unlikely because I don't think they have enough viewers to get enough votes for that to make sense. Right. Do, do so, we know if, will there be online voting? Is it I'm like gonna, last year? I We don't know for sure, but I'm going to assume that it's still going to be that way. So we're going to have to do been, a little update on this once we get more yeah, news. <laughs> it, we got very little information about it yet, um, but I'm excited. Because Czech Republic's just been keeping me excited. And again, because of the fact that it's happening on December 4th, it's making me think like, oh my God, are we going to get that song? Like we could be getting it on December 4th. Like who knows? So um, regardless, I'm excited. I'm excited to see what they do. Yeah, bring it on. And hey, my hosting uh, option is still on the table. So well, they're going with the same host as last year. I are think. they? Yeah, that's what people said. Oh, you know what? The fourth is a Monday. Is it really? It is. Because I was just thinking like, wait, I feel like I have a work thing I have to do on the fourth. And I was like, they wouldn't do that on the, on a Monday. But looks like it is a Monday. So that's a bummer yeah. for me. I might not be able to watch it live. Yeah. Well, yeah. well regardless, I'm excited. And hey, it's not too late to fire the host and, and hire me. Yeah, you can get a uh, you can get a flight over there in two weeks. Yeah, for sure. Oh my gosh. Hello. Well, you know, I'll request off from work. Um <laughs> I do have to be back in time for the 13th um to go to my court date. Um, but regardless, <laughs> um if, court, date, if would, like, court date as a witness, not as a defendant. Exactly, exactly. Court date as a witness. I, I should specify that. Um yeah. me whenever I had to whenever I told my um my new job, I was like, I have to go to court. And I was like, oh no, no, it was for a sex trafficking case. Or, oh, I was a witness on the right side of history with that one. Um, <laughs> but Anyways, if you would like to be in the audience, though, you uh, can just check out WeWeBlogs. They have all the information of who you need to contact. You have to send an email. It's free. So just mm -hmm. email them and let them know that you want to be there. Um, so that's very exciting. These are also the moments where I wish I was European, where I could just pop Ugh. on over. You know? I know. You just like get on a train or a Ryanair flight and be exactly. back the same night. Yeah. Y'all are so lucky for that. Rough out here as an American Euro fan. Exactly. And speaking of rough, for some people, I suppose, uh, there was some news that dropped. And, um, you know, it's really left people divided. And it is the fact that the slogans, well, it's not that they're gone. It's the fact that the slogan for this year is United by Music. Again, same as last year. And they announced that it will be that uh, permanent. It'll be the permanent slogan, basically, that there will not be, you know, a slogan every single year, which basically since 2003, there has been a new slogan, a new unique slogan uh, for every single contest apart from 2009, which did not have a slogan. Um, so it's just, it's a little part of modern Eurovision history that will be lost, but we still do have a slogan, United by Music, and uh, just uh, some statements. So 
Ebba Edelson, Edel, Edelson, the executive I, I, producer, Edelson. Edelson, the executive producer of the 2024 Eurovision Song Contest for Sweden's SVT, said that BBC's slogan was simply too perfect mm -hmm. to let go. Um, they said after Laureen's win in Liverpool last spring, the whole machinery for the Eurovision Song Contest 2024 kicked into action and pretty soon into the discussion about the slogan arose. We quickly realized that the great slogan chosen by the BBC says exactly what the competition is about, uniting in music, and we saw no reason to change something that sums up the foundation of the entire event so well. They also said it's great that the EBU has also decided that this is the slogan that will be used by all host broadcasters from now on. Right now, we are in the middle of the process of producing the artwork to match the slogan, which will be revealed soon. So that confused me a little bit because I'm like, wait, why does it have to match the slogan? Like if the slogan's going to be the same every single year, it don't got to match. I would rather represent the country in some way and the host nation, especially if the slogan doesn't get changed. Like. I mean, why would the artwork map have to match the slogan? I don't know, but that's their decision. Um, and then also Martin Osterdahl, the executive supervisor of the Eurovision Song Contest, uh, spoke about the continuity in a statement released by the EBU. The Eurovision Song Contest, Contest is more than just a song competition. It's a celebration of the power of music to bring people together. After over 20 years of using different slogans, and as we approach our 70th anniversary, Crazy. we feel we have, yeah, that's insane. We feel we have found one that truly encapsulates our brand. By establishing a permanent slogan, we will have consistency in our message that music unites us all. It's the perfect slogan to underline our values of inclusivity, equality, universality, and celebrating diversity through music. And then he also said, as the popularity of the Eurovision Song Contest continues to grow around the world, we believe using the same slogan annually will help our brand become even stronger. So, you know, people were really divided on this entire situation on Twitter. And I will be honest, when I first saw it, I was really sad, especially because it was the kind of the first news we got <laughs> other than the host city. And I was like, oh. I mean, it's, it is kind of a letdown when you see that announcement and you're like, oh my God, we got the slogan. And then you're like, oh, okay. And so I first initially tweeted out, I was like, oh, I'm sad. But then the more I thought about it, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to lie. And as I saw every slogan that they've used throughout history, I was like, honestly, they're kind of right. This is kind of the one slogan where if I had to pick all of them to really represent Eurovision as a whole, this is kind of, that is the whole point of Eurovision. It was to unite the European countries following, you know, the war. So I feel like this really does represent what Eurovision is meant to be. So if, you know, now I'm not too upset over it. Yeah, so usually when I start my screen time, I go to Twitter first. But on the day of the announcement, for whatever reason, I went to Instagram first. Mm. And the first post was this one from the official Eurovision account. And I was like, <laughs> um, interesting. Oh, okay. Because they like built it up, you know, like exactly, all flashing yeah. all of the old ones. And then they say like, oh, we're going to keep United by Music. And it was like, 
oh, I don't know if they needed to like do all that yeah. <laughs> for this announcement because it did feel like a little bit of a, a letdown in the moment. Um, but then right away, I thought to myself, do you know what? United by Music was a good slogan. It really matches the spirit of the contest. And my first thought was, it's actually really weird that Eurovision didn't have a consistent slogan because mm. this is something that most brands have a consistent yeah. slogan that they use for their brand. And I, and looking at the reactions that people had, I know, that especially this fandom is very averse to change, which is interesting yeah. because it's a lot of young people and that's typically not what the, you know, the, the uh, stereotype is about young people, like young people mm. like change, but at least, in the Eurovision context, they they don't really because mm -hmm. there's so much there's so much like personal stuff wrapped up around the contest and you know how how much of a part of our, our lives it is. Um, but I always try to keep into focus with Eurovision that it is a TV show. It it is a commercial venture. It is the music industry that competes within the show it's an industry it's not a public service even though it's public broadcasters and even like the what you had said which is kind of like the conventional wisdom of you know eurovision was created to unite europe through music <laughs> yeah it was but there's a real reason that eurovision was yeah. created and it was to test simulcast technology on television mm -hmm. So, I mean, Eurovision has always been a, a, a TV show from the start. It has always been a commercial venture closely tied to the music industry. It is a brand. And I think a lot of people seemed to be feeling a, a bit of like existential discomfort with the um, implication that, yes, this is a franchise this is a brand it's mm. not a sacred object and yeah. and also i i don't know if maybe some part of my feelings with the co commercial aspect of eurovision is, is different from others because i grew up in a diy hardcore punk scene Mm. And I, as I got older, I ended up in the underground free techno scene. I, I am from like the, the absolute trenches of anti-commerciality to the point that when I would tell my friends that I liked Eurovision, like when I was living in Poland and like getting all excited about, oh, Eurovision's happening. Oh, I can't wait to watch. Mm. They'd be like, what the fuck they were like i was just with you at that free techno hardcore <laughs> festival you were going crazy they were like you listen to good music why do you give a shit about eurovision like it's so commercial it's you know it's so mainstream like you like not mainstream stuff and i'm like well i like mainstream stuff too so for me because of my background i always saw eurovision as being an incredibly mainstream incredibly mm -hmm. commercial thing so a move like this it it act like I said, it feels like, wow, what took you so long? Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. Cause I think a lot of people seem to be really scared of, you know, especially I guess with TikTok and all that stuff. And they're scared, like you said, of the kind of the seemingly commercialization of Eurovision, but it 
it always has been. It's just, you know, times change, you know, also the way that things are advertised. Like, why wouldn't you get on TikTok and do a partnership with them when that's the biggest fucking social media platform? And it's also directly tied to the music industry. That is like how all songs yeah. chart nowadays. So why wouldn't you have some sort of partnership when you're the biggest music competition in the world? You know, you should probably partner with the biggest, you know, platform that's also causing basically, I don't know, all of the shit that goes on in the music industry now. Um, yeah. And I think there's also this totally irrational fear that <laughs> I feel like people blame America for all these problems. <laughs> when all else, what, they like to blame America and they like to blame Stig Carlson and Martin Osterdahl. Yeah. Like, I mean, you know, yeah, I mean, I miss Jan Olesan too, because he seemed like a G, but like, I, I, you know, that things got to change. We got to try something new. You know, they try things and then they don't work and they go back. You know, that's what happened yeah. last year with the voting thing. You got to try things that are new. You got to innovate because that's what Eurovision has always been about is innovation. And I feel like we haven't really gotten some innovation in a while. So let's let's start Ooh. switching it up. Um, and I think it's weird to say that any small change, especially something as small as the slogan, yeah. is going to ruin the contest. Let's be real yeah. here, people. It's not going to ruin the contest. It doesn't make it any less special. It doesn't mm -hmm. make it. I saw people say, oh, it makes it like every other singing competition. Like, well, no, it, it, it does. Slogan. And I bet every single singing competition probably has a regular slogan too that they use. Like the fuck? And then people making jokes like, oh, what's next? Just the same host country is going to host every year. Girl, that's not going to fucking happen. Be for real. Okay. That's so on, on that topic though, so this <laughs> is something, this is something that I've brought up before in the past. It really pisses people off. But this particular move about choosing United by Music as the brand slogan, and also what they said about specifically uh, inclusivity, equality, and universality is also diversity, is I think that they are looking at predetermined host cities. Mm. Um. And the reason that I think that is because, first of all, United by Music, and I said this back when Eurovision was happening, United by Music proved to us that you can host a contest in another country and maintain the identity of the winning country. You mm. don't need to have it hosted in a country. So we had the issue where... Um, the hosting couldn't happen in Ukraine. It had to go somewhere else. With Sweden, basically Malmo was the only viable option because like the, I think it was Taylor Swift had Friends Arena. The uh, There was oh, like a city of, like, of 5,000 people who had, you know, like people, places that don't have the infrastructure. And also the costs are out. Uh, they're out yeah. of control. They're totally insane. And something that would make the contest cheaper would be having a two-year or three-year lead time to do all of your preparations because they, I mean, yes, they have one year, but that's one year from winning to to wrapping up and tearing down the stage. Yeah, It, it is very unusual to have a large international competition like this to mm -hmm. work on such a short time frame with basically zero lead time. Even that fucking stage in Italy if they yeah. would have had two months more, 
imagine if they would have had six months more, they would have found out very early on that the stage wasn't yeah, going to work out. That's true. And, and, and another thing about like the accessibility of the contest, like it's a lot of the same broadcasters because some countries just do better in Eurovision. Mm-hmm. And um, if we could get a chance for Eastern Europe to host, because yeah. I feel like so much goes into hosting. You need to have infrastructure. You need to have all these pieces that match. You need to have the right arena. You need to have the arena not already booked. People book arenas really far out. Yeah, um, yeah. I per uh, this is just my my speculation. Oh, people are going to be tearing me up in the comments. I can already feel it. But I do think that they're looking at this because they want to save money. They want the contest to be better. I think the contest will be better if they have predetermined really? host cities. I do because they'll because they'll have more time. They can be more economical with how they spend their money. They can have um yeah. Like security issues won't be as serious because you have more time to think about them. And yeah. I know that people have said before, like, well, what makes the hosting special is that you win. And I've literally seen people say, if you don't get to host, then what's the point of winning? And I'm like, winning is the point of winning. <laughs> like, yeah. you don't know, you don't ever That's have teams true. go to the World Cup and say, Oh, it was really great to win the World Cup, but I really wish that we would be able to host the World Cup next year since we won. Like nobody does this. And it made sense when you had seven countries because how are you going to decide? But we have 40 countries and some people really want to host. Some people don't want to host. What happens when you have a country win that can't host? Like it just, I don't know. It seems like the contest is so big and it's so expensive and it requires so much planning and thought that that type of obviously i'm way off book totally speculating but i don't know something about how they've approached the united by music thing the language that they've used i think it is indicating that they're hey it would be better for us because we would have a better chance to plan on where we where we want to go or and or and or bitches have two years to save up you know i'm lucky my ass lives at home so I, that's all I can say. You know, I uh, then I got more people to compete with. Well, uh, yeah, potentially, but I mean, just thinking about it as far as like, like if you if you already know, like maybe you've been to Germany a hundred times, you don't really want to go to Germany. That mm. would give you the chance to like, you know, think more about your pre parties or or I I don't know. That, that's true. You know, there's not a lot of changes that like I'm like eager to see. But predetermined host cities really? is a change I, I am eager to see. It just, oh. it, it's it's bizarre that that's mm-hmm. how they run the contest. It's bizarre. You need a lot more time to plan something like this. You'll have fewer fuck-ups mm. if you can, even if it's an extra year. Yeah, I mean, I see the benefits of it, like, for them from an organization. Like, all the points that you made, I, like, agree with 100%. But I do feel like... That would, you know, it would just pain me a little bit inside, just especially as a person who kind of wants to go every single year. And I feel like that's part of the fun for even the lead up to the contest and and the contest going on and like who you're rooting for in the end, because it's also like I'm excited to see who wins because that that says where we're going to go. Like, that's half of my reaction now whenever I'm like sitting there anticipating the results is like, oh my God, I'm going to Italy. Like, that's why I was so fucking excited because I really wanted to go. 
and like stuff like that like just on a personal standpoint as a viewer i do really love that aspect of it and i i mean at least it would still be a different country hosting every single time which would be good i mean because some of the jokes people were saying was literally like the same host country like that's not gonna fucking happen no they're not gonna do that because that is part of the fun of eurovision is getting to see a different culture of a different country and see what mm -hmm. they do with it maybe like we could meet in the middle like maybe they just do something where i don't know the person who wins hosts in two years <laughs> i thought you know? about that yeah that would like something that would like work. that because yeah, then, so it's like a rolling a rolling hosting duty yeah because i will say like i mean i think the ability to host is an incentive to win because you make i mean it costs a lot of money some countries have lost money because of it but also some countries have made a lot of money through tourism through hosting eurovision it's a massive tourism event they just did a little you know thing where they were giving all the statistics of liverpool and it was crazy oh, amazing and and bitch i know because i was at that mall every single day spending money i should oh have. i spent tons of money in liverpool yeah i contribute i did my part for them but you, <laughs> exactly. you know what I, I wonder though like with so many other things like with the slogan and you know you know songs you know getting tired out on songs that come out too early mm -hmm. i wonder if the local viewers who are the majority of the viewers do they even think about the fact that the winner hosts like does how much does that factor into normal viewers i mean for us oh. obviously we really think about it but like i feel like a lot of people just kind of tune they just tune in and they just watch the you know they watch the show they enjoy it when it happens but there i don't think that like i think the only people who would be mad at such a change would be euro fans i don't think anyone else well, would care unless also... they, unless the the people who win and don't get to host would maybe be mad the first time around. Like when, if it, if it became a rule yeah. and it was the new rule, I could see that. I think though, like, I think for artists, I feel like a lot of the times they're very excited to bring the contest to their country because especially if you're a country that you feel like doesn't get like, I mean, we really haven't had a small country, but I mean, Portugal, I feel like was so excited to host because they just, you know, I feel like they just don't get that huge of a stage to showcase their artists and everything like that. But yeah, exactly. I, I suppose this exactly. would make it a little more fair. How many countries are really eager to host who have great ideas, who have cities with the right infrastructure, who would be incredible, who just don't get the chance to do it because yeah. they haven't been able to win. And but then I, the other, yeah if you could open it up, I think that's just, that would be one of the things that opened it up. And maybe it also thinking of brand development, have being a host is a great way to build your brand development. Like how many people in England ended up watching Eurovision who wouldn't have, yeah. like if a country like the Czech Republic hosted Eurovision and brought all this money in, that would be good for them. It would build the contest in the smaller countries that maybe don't give a shit because they, you know, we never win. We never do good. We'll never host like what it's whatever. I yeah. mean, but then I also wonder like, then it could just turn into like a money game of, Oh, well the same countries still just end up hosting all the time. Cause there's some countries that like, if it's a bidding war, like, you know, of course those smaller countries are not going to end up being able to actually beat like countries that are going to be, you know, have way more funding for Eurovision in some ways, like 
the winning country getting the first choice of refusal or whatever is makes it a little more fair for them because they get that option instead of it being like, you know, like I feel like they would have to look at how they choose the countries and it not just be about money, which I feel like it could very well just become where it's just like what country wants to put forth the most money to host, mm -hmm. then they get it. And then those countries will never get a chance in the end. You know what I mean? So that's something I would worry about. But, ooh, I would die. I, I don't know. I really think that's one of those things that has, I mean, it's it's been around for so long with the contest that like that would be a thing that would that would hurt me it, i feel like yeah that well that would be that would be a change that was a deviation from the rest of the history what's funny to me about the whole slogan thing yeah. is that um we didn't always have a slogan this is like a new thing so actually we've yeah. gone back to more of the old eurovision where we don't have a new slogan every year so it's a little bit yeah. ironic to me that people who potentially the same people who would you know want to go back to old you know want to bring back the language rule want to bring back <laughs> orchestras uh you know getting rid of the uh pre-recorded backing vocals those folks um it's funny to see people be angry about losing the slogan thing since it is a, it's yeah. one of those things. Like, I bet if we didn't have slogans and then this year they decided to have slogans, everyone would be saying, oh, fuck. This is uh, stupid. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. This, this is stupid. We don't need it. Why are they trying to do all like blah blah blah? Like they're making it more commercial. Like I literally think sometimes with Euro fans, you just there's it doesn't actually matter what you do. Yeah. Like people are going to be mad about it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, I I think in the end it doesn't even matter. I think do viewers even know that there's like like do they know the slogan? You know, I well feel like they it's... will now probably if they're yes, going to stay yeah. consistent. Yeah. Also, like, merch they can re they can just do the same well, overpriced merch with the with yeah the same that slogan merch over sucks over. they need to it does suck that's the one thing though is hey a new slogan every single year that's a new thing to put on a fucking t-shirt girl we're just gonna get the same united by music shit for the next 20 years and it's gonna be the same font they're not gonna do anything fun with it and it'll be well, they, might change, they might change the font though and, you know, I'll say I got a tote bag and I love the tote bag. The design mm. was really cool. Well, I got it. You know, shout out to Miss Moroccan Oil. They got to get whoever made this tote bag. This is the best tote bag in, in, the, in the world. Okay, this I, thing love, I use it to take my clean clothes out of the dryer. Yes, these thick ass straps. Oh, that's so good. It's so, so good. Well, ah, that is the news. For the Eurovision yes. season at the moment. A lot of stuff going on. I'm anticipating it getting crazy. If this is what we got this early on. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> it's oh crazy. it's about to amp up. For sure. Yes. Yes. But so yeah. That is all for today's episode. Thank you guys so much for watching. If you made it to the end of the episode. What what should, what should their emoji be? Because we got some voting boxes last week. <laughs> okay i think that you should drop a little purple devil emoji because Ooh. everyone's going to be telling me to go to hell over the whole predetermined host thing so if you made it to yes. the end and drop a little devil emoji that's me mm -hmm. um pissing people off <laughs> with my crazy ideas yes oh my gosh <laughs> and thank you guys again for listening thank you guys for watching 
don't forget, if you, you know, want to support us, head over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash the joint slay podcast. Subscribe over there to get early release and full access to the full length episodes, video, ad-free, all that jazz. Thank you to everyone who supports us over there. Thank you to everyone who supports us here on YouTube. Thank you to everyone who goes and listens and reviews the podcast over on Spotify and Apple Music. My name is Maxi Rainbow. You can follow me over everywhere. Maxi Rainbow. Links are all in the description down below. And I'm Renata from the eSpot. Follow me everywhere at eSpotPod. And we will see you all next week. Goodbye.